Have you ever listened to a podcast and thought about what other listeners are saying about that episode? Have you ever thought about giving feedback and interacting with the host of a favorite podcast? Podroom is a podcast player and chatroom platform for the podcast communities. Join millions of similar podcast listeners and interact with like minds on the Podroom app. It's a social networking platform with over 750,000 audio and video podcast content. It's available on the Play Store and App Store. Download Podroom now to enjoy this episode. Better is a moment that I spend with you than a million other days away. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running to the secret place. I welcome you to another episode of Women Prayer Group Podcast. We thank God for life and every good thing he has done for us. This episode features one of our recorded Bible studies. We hold our meetings every other Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Please contact us to be a part of this group by sending us a message on the Podium app. When you contact us, we will provide a conference call number with which you can dial in into our meetings. thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for helping us to know you in this world. Without you, we would have been living our lives the way we want and going on the path to destruction. But we thank you because you've come into our lives and you've given us true joy, true peace, and true love. Thank you because you have planned our lives even from the foundations of the world. Thank you because you sent your son Jesus Christ to die for us. Thank you because you did not leave us without a way out. When you wanted to destroy Nineveh, you played your own part by sending Jonah to preach to them about you. Because you would not you would not destroy them knowing you have not tried your best. And that is the same way you are not leaving us alone and trying your best. To ensure that we come to you and hoping that we take or accept your invitation. So thank you for not giving up on us. For trying your best for us to know you. Thank you because your best and now you have extended your invitation to us. Has made us reply to you and enjoy all these beautiful things that you have for us. In your plan for us. There are many other people that have not accepted this invitation. They're children, they're beautiful people, they are confused people, they're sick, they are wanderers, they're homeless, they are sinners. They have not yet accepted your invitation, Lord. Please don't give up on them. And we pray that you will touch their hearts, Lord, to accept your invitation so that they enjoy joy and peace and love and all these good things in you. I love you. Even though we have our shortcomings, Lord. Forgive us and wash us clean with your blood. And help us, O God, to be like Jesus Christ, perfect and sinless. Help us, O God, to read your word and pray so that we can know you more and so that 
your Holy Spirit can give us his fruits so that we can become the express image of Christ and so that we can please you, oh God. Receive the glory concerning our lives. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. And I will share my screen now so that we could study the word for the next 30 minutes. Last week, we concluded our discussion on the steps to knowing God more. And based on Peter and Paul's understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, and how to know him more. So the first thing we said was that based on John chapter 17, verse 3, it said, in order to have eternal life, you need to know God and Jesus. And the next one, which was, which, the next one was Paul. It says that if you really want to know God, you need to um, remove the value you put on worldly achievements in order to really know God. Reduce the value or count it as dung. Paul counted his achievements as dung in order to know God more. Paul counted all his achievements as dung. And for the last thing, last verse we studied was Peter, who said that um, in order to know God more, or your knowledge of God will increase when you add fruits of the Spirit to your faith. And we concluded last meeting that the fruit of the Spirit, it's, it's interesting that Peter said, in order for you to know God more, you need to add the fruit of the Spirit to your faith, right? But it's not, the fruit of the Spirit is not ours to, to add to our faith. We have to still have faith in the Holy Spirit to give us those fruits. So if it were, if the fruit of the Spirit were ours, we could easily add it to our faith. So if this, this calf is mine, right, I could easily wear it. But if it belongs to somebody else, I have to ask the person nicely to give me this calf to wear. So when Peter said, add to your faith all this fruit of the Spirit, you can't add it to your faith because you don't have it. You have to depend on the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, have faith in the Holy Spirit to give you the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. So that is how to know God more, adding all these things to your faith, the fruit of the Spirit. Today we are going to Moses. And before I continue, I just want to welcome Busola and Daniel to the meeting. Yeah. I hope you are having a nice weekend. Yes. Yeah. Great. You're welcome. So let me quickly read something. I want to read the summary. We read to this part. Let me read from Discourse down to Moses, the section of Moses. So discuss each of the words used in the Amplified Bible version to explain the essence of knowing God. We've already discussed it over three meetings now. Knowing God means more than knowing about him. It is a deep and intimate acquaintance with him. It involves being able to perceive, recognize, and understand the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Knowing God is not a once and for all issue. It must be progressive and continuous. And this, in essence, is eternal life. Necessity of knowing God. We shall examine the lives of elders gone before us to discover the necessity 
they placed on the matter of knowing God. So our Lord Jesus Christ himself declares that eternal life means knowing God and he confessed himself that he knew God. Knowing God is of primary importance in walking with him and experiencing eternal life from earth to heaven. Our first encounter with the Lord brings us salvation and the new birth experience. That's the first step, being born again. That, in essence, is the first experience of knowing God. This is what launches one into life, abundant and everlasting life in Christ Jesus. No one can be saved except by a definite knowledge of the Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 John 3, verse 6. So let me quickly read 1 John 3, verse 6. 1 John 3, verse 6 says, So if we stay close to him, obedient to him, we won't be sinning either. But as for those who keep on sinning, they should realize this. They sin because they have never really known him or become his. So that is like one sign to know that you know God. You don't keep sinning. Because those who keep sinning never really knew God or have never really known God. So you may know about him because you go to church, but if you don't know him personally, you do not have eternal life. Everyone who has experienced a new life must thereafter continue to know the Lord more and more. Second Peter 3 verse 18. Let's read that too. Uh, these are short verses, so I just decided to just read them because we are, we are going to go to the real um, section, which is Moses today, just reading the commentary. So 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in spiritual strength and become better acquainted with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To know, sorry, to him be all glory and splendid honor, both now and forevermore. Goodbye. So let me read it again. But grow in spiritual strength and become better acquainted with our Lord Jesus Christ. To, to him be all glory and splendid honor, both now and forevermore. Goodbye. That's the last verse of um, Second Peter. Knowing God is the way into abundance of grace and peace. And we've read it in Second Peter 1, 2-4. When you grow in your knowledge of God, Grace and peace will be multiplied to you. Do you want more and more of um, God's kindness and peace? Then learn to know him better and better. In addition, all that pertains to life and godliness come to us through our knowledge of God. This knowledge must, however, be a two-way knowing. We knowing him and he knowing us. None of the two must be assumed. Lest on the last day the Lord says to us, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So um, the knowing must be a two-way knowing and not be assumed. You don't assume that God knows you. You must know that God knows your name. Knows God knows you. Yes, God knows the name of everybody in the world, but the knowing that we are talking about is we've already st stressed it. 
intimate knowledge of each other. So you have to know that you have to know that God knows you intimately. And that you know God intimately. No assumption. Amen. So the summary for um, Philippians 3, 7 to 11. It is necessary to know God so that we may not be found having our own righteousness. But that is, that's which is of God. And we stressed it in previous meeting that when you learn to, when you learn the gifts of the, the sorry, when you learn the fruit of the Spirit, you are going to boast and say, I've not seen this year. I've not, I've not committed any sin this year. And that is not how to go about it. If we learn how to give to the poor, we learn how to feel joy in the presence of God. You learn how to be good. You learn how to be righteous. You learn how to have self-control, anger management. You learn how to be perseverant. You learn all those fruits of the Spirit. With your own effort, with your own timetable, keeping them and saying, okay, well, I'm not going to lie because I'm, I'm not a Christian. Not with the help of the Holy Spirit. You can give place to boasting, and that's what's called self-righteousness. But when you depend on the Holy Spirit to give you his fruits, then it will come from the redeem. It will not be something you learn. It will now be inborn, inbuilt. So when we know God, we may not be found having our own righteousness for that which is of God. It is as we know him that his righteousness will not only be imparted to us, but also be our life experience from day to day. Paul pursued the knowledge of God so that he might attain the resurrection that lifts him out from among the dead. As we make progress in knowing God, the resurrection life and lifestyle will become our daily, not occasional, experience. This makes us stand out clearly from among the dead and differentiates us from natural people. Some, some things, though advantageous to us, may be a hindrance to our pursuit of the knowledge of God. If we must progressively know him, we must let go of such things and consider them rubbish, as Paul did. So to reiterate this part, um, Paul considered all his achievements as rubbish. And I just want to emphasize again, Paul's achievement, another version said, Paul taught all his achievements in order to know God better. Yeah, so I just wanted to emphasize, and you guys can please chime in so that I can know your opinion. So because of this, some people somewhere try to tear up their certificates, tear up all their achievements, because they read this part and say, ah, I want to really know God better, so I have to tear up everything that is of value to me. So I just I want to emphasize that Paul's achievement was not on paper. All the achievements is stated in Philippians chapter 3. He was a Jew. He was circumcised. He was a Pharisee. All those things are not something you can physically tear up. So obviously, he tore it up in his mind. So he, count, he threw, threw them into the dustbin in his mind. He counted them as dung in his mind. It's even deeper than tearing it up physically. Because, for example, you have a certificate or an achievement or this trophy that or you are famous for this. And interpreting this verse as renouncing all your achievements 
is not the way to go. But when you don't value those achievements in your mind, that's the way to go. Why? Because those achievements, when you tear it up or renounce it, does not mean you don't still value it. So even if you tear up your certificate, if you, are, if you still value it in your mind, that means you defeat the purpose. But God wants us to live in a way that those all our achievements are nothing to us compared with knowing God. So that is what it means by tearing up your achievements. Counting it as dung. That in order to know God. So I gave an example of the neurosurgeon that um, had this great, um, the best neurosurgeon in the U.S. Tearing up his achievement means that even if he has that great achievement, when God comes and says, I don't want you to practice neurosurgery anymore. I want you to be, be, be a missionary in Africa or I want you to just go door to door and preach about me. For you to know he has turned his achievement, turned up his achievement in his mind, it won't even it won't feel so bad, right? Although there will not be accolades from the greatest surgery, the best surgery, successful surgery, there will not be thank you, doctor, thank you, doctor, and all those things that they, they would normally give him. But he would he would not it will it will be nothing to him. And whenever God tells him that, okay, this work you're doing, do it for free. He won't be like, oh, he won't complain about it. So that's how you know he doesn't value that profession in his mind. So when you value God more than all these other accolades and worldly things, then when God comes and says, give all your things to the poor, you can easily do that. It's more powerful than even tearing this certificate physically. And obviously, God might want to use that certificate for anything he wants to use it for. Whatever I want is for. So laying down all our achievements at his feet and counting them as rubbish, that is what is even more powerful than physically tearing them up. So if we must progressively know God, we must let go of such things and consider them rubbish, as Paul did. So the reason Paul endured suffering and the loss of all things was to know God. He discovered the supreme advantage and the supporting worth of knowing God. Does anybody have any comment about this thing, especially tearing up your certificates? Anybody? All right. Let me move forward. That means it's clear to everybody. All right. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So when you discover the supporting worth and the supreme advantage of knowing him, you will be willing to lose all things in order to know God. So it is important to note, however, that whatever knowledge we have of the Lord now, here on earth, is just in part. We must keep pressing on to know him more and more so that so as to grow on in our salvation experience. Our spiritual growth depends on our knowledge of the Lord. Second Peter 3.18, we already read it, where Paul Peter gave his last message grow and mature in knowledge of God and he said goodbye. So today we'll be going into Moses and this is what we'll be studying today. Exodus chapter 32 and chapter 33. So let's just take turns to read. Exodus 32 is from 1 to 35 and we are four on the line. So that's about um, nine verses each. Let's read nine verses each. 
Exodus 32. Anybody can start. 1 to 9, 9 to 18, and on and on and on. Exodus 33? 32. Let's start from 32. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us... Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this, Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in the ears of in their ears and brought them to Aaron and he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool and made a calf a golden calf and they said these are your gods O Israel who brought you up out of the land of Egypt when Aaron saw this he built an altar before it and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down for your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are our gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people, now, therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, in order that I may make a great nation of you. But Moses implored the Lord, his God, yes. and said... Thank you. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the next person can read from uh, 11 to 18. Okay. Ari. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord is God. The Lord is said, Why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants. Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you saw by your own self, I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I'll give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Moses turned and went down the mountain with two tablets of covenant, of covenant laws in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God. 
The writing was, was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, There is the sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, It is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. Okay. Favor. You're welcome. Nineteen to twenty seven. Favor, you're welcome. Nineteen to twenty seven. Sorry, um good morning. Verse what? Exodus thirty two, nineteen to twenty seven. Okay. And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot. And he cast the tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire and ground it to powder and strut it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people, that they are set on mischief. But they said unto me, Make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And I said unto them, Whatsoever had any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, and then I cast it into the fire, and they came out this calf. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put every man in his sword by his side, and go in and out from the gates to get throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and they fell of the people that day, about 3,000 men. But those, for Moses had said, consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow unto you a blessing this day. So they did, and about 3,000 men died that day. Then Moses told the Levites, today you have ordained yourselves for the service of the Lord. For you obeyed him, even though it meant killing your own sons and brothers. Now he will give you a, bless, a great blessing. The next day, Moses said to the people, You have sinned a great sin, but I will return to the Lord to the, on the mountain. Perhaps I will be able to obtain his forgiveness for you. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have sinned a great sin, and have made themselves gods of gold. Yet now, if you only will only forgive their sin. And if not, then block me out of the book you have written. And the Lord replied to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me will be blotted out of my book. And now go, lead the people to the place I told you about. And I assure you that my angel shall travel on ahead of you. However, when I come to visit these people, 
I will punish them for their sins. And the Lord sent a great plague upon the people because they had worshipped Aaron's calf. Amen. Next week, we are going to um, read um, Exodus 33 by God's grace, and that's where we are going. So, um, it's kind of, let me see the time. It's already 10 o'clock. But let me just quickly summarize this. As we all have read, um, Moses did not come back on time from meeting with the Lord. In fact, he was there about 40 days. God was giving him the Ten Commandments and all the things that, all the commandments, all the law as we know it. So the law comprises of the Ten Commandments and other instructions about how to live their life, how not to... How to go to um, rest on the Sabbath day, how to be clean, how not to touch dead animals, how to shave their hair, how to sew their clothes. So they were living in Egypt anyhow they like, but God had to like tell them all those long laws that these days, that is the work of the Holy Spirit to tell us. Yeah, we are not supposed to like follow or live by the law, but we live by the leading of the Holy Spirit. So God gave them all those laws. And um, Moses did not come back on time, and they were lawless, right? Obviously, from what has happened, they could not see God. They did not know anything about God. They were like, give us something. Let us pray something. And Aaron made a golden cow and said, okay, this is the God or representation of the God that brought you from Egypt. And they all bowed to him, uh, bowed to the, the, the golden cow. And... The worship even involved sexual immorality. Imagine, they worship that God and then they, they become naked and then commit fornication and adultery all over the camp. That's terrible worship. Idol worship is so terrible. And God saw them while talking to Moses. They're like, see these people, they have defiled themselves. Now, Moses, just leave me alone. Let me go and destroy them all. And Moses said, hey, wait, 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 God, please, why are you so angry against your people? Yeah, so um, that part of the Bible made me understand that the relationship between God and Moses is new, right? Moses did not know God from anywhere. He just knew that, okay, God is God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then one day he was walking and he saw a burning bush. He did not, he did not have the Bible to know God then. Just knew, okay, this is the God of our fathers. But he did not know anything about him. He did not know that he would be so angry um, to want to destroy the people because they worship other gods. So those um, experiences were building up Moses' knowledge about God. So the whole thing is knowing God, right? And we want to see how Moses got to know God step by step. How to know what makes God happy or angry. Even in our lives, apart from the, what we studied before, counting our achievements as dung, that is one way to know God. Then the next way to know God is knowing what God hates and what God likes. And that is what we are going to study in the life of Moses. Mm, yeah. So we read it all. Does anybody have any comments before we pray and close for this Bible study about Exodus 32 that we have read?
not not about Exodus, but just in general, a general comment that the good thing about knowing God and having a personal relationship with Him, as we've discussed, is that when people also get to, if I want to use the term that you've been um, using for the past couple of weeks, encounter. So if they come, if they have an encounter with us, then it also gives them an access to knowing God in a way because they see God in you. So it's like a ripple effect, which is really awesome. Yes, yes, that's that's awesome. The more people come to us, they, they should see, they should know God too, that God is a good God, a kind God. Social media is one way for people to know truly who God is. And how he treats us as Christians, as his children, how he relates to us as Christians. Does anybody have any comments or question about that? Uh, no, I think you're right. Okay. Social media, you can say, is an avenue for the world, the, the spiritual, the demonic spiritual world, to just run rampant and show people Ooh, come to this, this is happening, this is what this looks like, this is where we, we are, this is, this is the, this, and make it seem good, because the Bible says having a form of godliness, not our, the enemy can look and appear as the light, but he is not, so maybe it's just the Lord instructing you, we have to know our enemy, watch, and then be able to fight a different form of battle too, and show this is the glory of the Lord. This is what that looks like in my life. Or some Christians will, wait, Christians will post, we're so happy you're married. We're happy when, you know, we go on vacation. And we're not giving the glory back. Like, oh, the Lord has blessed us with this vacation. Praise God for my family's vacation. Hmm. Yeah. That's what we as Christians should also do. Because God is actually helping us in every area of our lives. And, yeah, it looks like we are showing up, but when we tie a Bible verse to it, when we say, when we, when we share what God has told us in our quiet time with the world, then they will see Christ through us. They will see our growth, and they will still be able to say, oh, let me come to God. Let me, let me even experience what she's experiencing. I pray God will help us as we advertise him. Amen. All right. So does anybody want to pray about this? Bible study and pray for, pray for us and bless our week. Be led by the Spirit to pray. Please pray. Father, we thank you, one, for this day. We thank you for this group of women in this Bible study, Lord God. We thank you for the breath of life that you gave us this morning, Lord God, to do your work, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for getting us together to fellowship and hear your word and know your word and learn your word. Lord God, we just pray that each and every one of everybody that's a part of this Bible study, and even those that aren't able to join, Lord God, we pray that you continue to bless us, Lord God. We pray that we pray that you continue to give us strength, Lord God, to continue to do your will and your work, Lord God, to keep us safe, to keep us healthy, to keep our family and friends healthy, to continue to give us a boldness, Lord, where you would like us to grow, Lord God where you would like us to go, where you would like us to minister, Lord God, to continue to open up our eyes, Lord God, to see what you would have us to do, Lord God. And also we pray that you continue to give us the fruits of the Spirit, Lord God, and work each and every one of us the fruits of the Spirit, Lord God. 
We just thank you, Lord God, for each of the ladies here, Lord God. And Lord God, we ask that you continue to pray for each and every one of us and to care for us. Here is-